Well, hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Dr. Joe Galati podcast, broadcasting high above the Texas Medical Center in Houston, purveyor of all things related to the liver, health and wellness, nutrition, food and cooking, and all around doctor banter and witty repartee with our experts that visit us. Our website is drjoegalati.com. If you'd like to send me a note, subscribe to our newsletter, or even see me as a patient. If you want to call and be part of the program, dial us at 888-438-9431. And now, on with the podcast. Every Sunday evening since, oh, 2003, we've been here coming into your home, bringing everybody the best in health and wellness. And my single goal is, as I say, every Sunday to make you better consumers of healthcare. Really have you understand what it takes to stay well, realizing from experience it doesn't take that much to understand what's going on and for you to stay well. Believe me, that is the truth. DrJoeGalati.com is our website. Sign up for our newsletter. Check out all that we have there for all of you. And as I had said earlier, Dr. Sam Pappas is calling in tonight from Vienna, Virginia, an internist. In uh, sort of the Washington, D.C. metro area. Sam, welcome to the program, and thanks for coming on tonight. Great to speak with you again, Joe. Well, um, let's reintroduce everybody. You and I, a couple of weeks ago, we did a Instagram live uh, video segment. And uh, so tell us your roots. You're a New Jersey native. We love talking about the Mediterranean diet. Tell us where you're from and how you got to where you are. Well, I've been blessed, uh, you know, a Greek New Jersey boy who grew up with one foot in the traditional culture, one foot in, in the great American life, and, you know, like you, came from strong roots, you know, Greek and Italian background, so had an interest in athletics and health and education, and my uh, wonderful journey got me into a path of medical school where I was at Penn State, which was in Hershey, Pennsylvania. I was in Cleveland where I had a great experience. I was a chief resident and interested in academics. Stole my uh, wonderful Lebanese wife from there, uh, brought her back to New Jersey, spent five years in the academic world uh, doing outpatient and inpatient medicine. And then in 2004, I came down to uh, Northern Virginia, right outside of Washington, D.C., uh, where I've been working since uh, as an internist, uh, and it's been a great road. You know, one, one thing, you mentioned internist, and many times I will uh, tell my patients that have multiple medical problems that... I would prefer them to see an internist. Now, this is not to pit one specialty or one type of practice over another, but explain to everybody the, the type of cases that an internist really specializes in. Well, you know, that's a great question. Um, I like to say internist or maybe general practitioner for those who may not know. I think a better term is a super generalist, you know, or really have an interest in uh, all the different areas and kind of unifying it and coordinating with other specialists and communicating. So I think we're uniquely situated because we've seen a lot of chronic diseases that we'll be speaking about this evening, um, but also believe in the, uh, 
the role of the relationship, you know, it's probably more important to know the person who has the illness than the right. illness the person has. Exactly. No, that is that is true. And we, we talk all the time about the need to have a therapeutic relationship with your provider, and certainly um, we're, we're aligned on that. Now, to, to get things started off, I have been hearing, as you have, about COVID-19. Now, this, this discussion is not necessarily all about COVID-19, but time and time again, really from the beginning of the, of the outbreak, there have been these headlines and stories about the, the individuals with COVID-19 that seem to do the worst, i.e. are dying, are those with underlying chronic medical conditions, chronic medical diseases. And for those of us that deal with these chronic illnesses, we nod our head and we say, well, of course, these are the people that are going to have more complications. But for the rank and file individual adult out there, they I, I look at this as a great opportunity to raise the conversation to a new level and truly make people understand that these chronic conditions are nothing to play around with. What What is your take, uh, Sam, on this? Yes, I, I think you're uh, spot on, as the Brits would say. You know, I think the enemy has learned to attack our weak metabolic underbelly. And I think in the rush to uh, be concerned about this illness and, of course, the the role of the hospital and the health of the hospital system, I think sometimes we've lost sense of the health of the individual. And I think these chronic medical metabolic diseases and medical diseases uh, are really uh, ripe for COVID to attack. Right. Do, do you have any sense of optimism, once this is all said and done, that we can bring this chronic medical condition discussion to the forefront even more as lessons learned so that, gosh, you don't want to wait for another disaster to come to say, hey, it's it's you people over there with the chronic disease, get in line, you're in the high-risk group. But, but alert everybody to say it's time to understand it and time to turn things around. Yeah, I think it's happening. You know, I've, I've uh, written a lot about it for my patients and others about COVID and these medical problems. And, you know, I, I, I joke that I specialize in stubborn men. Yeah, and, that's a good one. That is a good one. And, you know, between the medical diseases as a risk factor, but also men more than women, um, I'm seeing it filter through. And I don't know if it's because, you know, men who are smart and married up are now listening to their wives because they have more interaction with them at home. Uh, but I have seen it in my men saying, Doc, you know, I've heard about these conditions and I'm at risk for them. Uh, and I'm taking myself, my health more seriously now because of, of my concern for COVID. Yeah. The other, the other part, just as e- even though we would lump obesity into an underlying chronic uh, disease, they are almost separating obesity out as a separate risk factor. Explain, explain that connection. Yeah, what's well, very interesting because uh, I'm always interested in the why, not just the what. And I think, you know, obesity... Um, it's just a window into the diseases of modernity or that, that we see. And I like to joke with my patients, you know, the bigger the waist, uh, the, you know, the smaller the brain, the weaker the heart, right. you know, the, the less the testosterone or the hormones. So I think the, uh, the waist size, and we can discuss this more about a, a key vital sign, 
that the waist size to me is is really a key metric into health, and it's often related to or associated with you know the insulin resistance, that hormone that stores fat and leads to diabetes and fatty liver and heart disease and blood pressure. Oh yeah, without a doubt. All right, Dr. Sam Pappas, we're going to take a break here, put you on hold. Don't forget, if you want more information about Dr. Pappas, it's pappashealth.com is where you could find out more information about him. More about chronic disease. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Thanks very much for tuning in this evening, this marvelous Sunday. For those of you in the greater Houston area, the weather has been incredible. A little rainy yesterday, a little overcast, but today it was just gorgeous. And with this COVID isolation, I know there is everybody is itching to get out. I think we just have to continue to be careful as we move forward. And back on the line is Dr. Sam Pappas. Sam, what, what do you think about the eventual all clear? People slowly getting out. Are people thinking it's going to be too fast? Are we going just at the right pace or do we need to slow it down? You know, I think um, the average person I've spoken to is just itching to get out. And, you know, I try to explain to them that, you know, we have to push multiple levers at the same time. uh, And that's going to mean, you know, to kind of figure out the health of the individual, the health of their family, um, who are the people we're more concerned about, and, you know, how do we continue safe health practices as we re-engage? Yeah, no, it's going to be, it's going to be a process. And I think it's, it's, Better to go slow and steady rather than just race out of the uh, the gate. So we have been talking about chronic medical conditions. And how about if you take a, a, a stab at listing these chronic conditions? And for everybody listening tonight, I would say 70% of you are going to say, oh, wait a second. I've, I've got that problem that, you know, I should listen. So what what is it, Sam? What what are these conditions we're, we're talking about? Well, you know, I, you know, there's, there's, there's a number of them, as, as you know so well. I, I like to think of them in a couple different groups. Um, the majority, I think, is under one big umbrella, one big family. You know, the overweight, higher insulin, glucose control, blood pressure, fatty liver, uh, most of the heart disease. Right. You know, I, I think that's diabetes, of course. I think that's the elephant in the room, and that's the majority of them. I mean, there's some other ones that are very important, especially with COVID, you know, the chronic lung disease of those who are smokers or have asthma. Right. Um, I'm interested in, uh, in the immune system as well. So to me, you know, chronic autoimmune disease, uh, I think it's important, whether that's something on the milder spectrum, like an autoimmune thyroid or Hashimoto's, something more significant like rheumatoid arthritis or, or lupus, for example. Exactly. Um, and, and then, of course, you know, the diseases of civilization will include in modernity things like substance abuse and alcoholism uh, as well. Yeah. And, and as you said there, the obesity, insulin resistance, diabetes, high blood pressure, uh, heart disease, that, that gets um, 
uh, under the the tent of metabolic syndrome. Uh, and that is where I think if we could make the, the, the biggest push and the biggest improvement in awareness and, and lifestyle, but as you, you had said earlier, which I love, you know, the stubborn uh, middle-aged man, uh, it, do, do your patients see the connection between the increase in their waist year over year or their blood pressure or the rising cholesterol in, in a calamity that will happen five or eight years later? I think they start to. You know, one of the things I did a long time ago was really teach myself uh, through my interest in sports about body composition, muscle mass, uh, body fat, and I've been testing that for a long time. So when I think of vital signs, I think of that plus just the waist circumference in relationship to the height. Right. Uh, and then, of course, blood pressure and pulse rate. So... You know, having done many of these, I think a lot of my guys are really seeing, you know, that they're really on this obese scale. You know, they're really far from uh, their best. And I'll often ask them, you know, what was your weight when you got married? Right. What was the weight when you were in college? And you just see this huge delta, this huge change gradually over the years. You, you know, and, and I do the same. I will, uh, you know, they, they, they come in today with, you know, weighing 240, 230. And I'll say, how about three years ago? How about five years ago? And then we'll do a little calculation. And we'll say, really, your ideal weight should be whatever. And they'll say, yeah. I haven't weighed that since I started college. Right. And we say, well, let's see what we need to do to get you back in that direction. And they're like, forget it. You know, I'm, I'm never going back there. And and so the, the, um, the visual cues of what a normal weight is, People will say, no, 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 I do best when I'm, you know, 190. 190, you are still significantly obese. But to them, they're okay. And, uh, you know, it takes time, and it's not going to be solved with one visit or two. It takes literally years to try to get through to people. No, you're right. I mean, I think think if we can use all the visuals we have, and I like to do is, you know, the high-tech and the high-touch, so I'll start off with that, but then also do a lot of comprehensive blood work and uh, try to explain to them, you know, where is your biochemistry taking you? You know, if you have these markers on exam and then you have signs of inflammation and signs of, you know, elevated triglyceride or a foie gras, you know, a fatty liver, uh, or the or if your glucose is is higher than normal, you know, these are signs that the check engine light is on. Well, you know, that, that is so true. And I, I like to, to talk with people to say, do you really know your numbers? And for some people, it's their circumference, their weight, their blood pressure. What, what would you say to everybody tonight as far as the, the punch list of numbers or data that they should really, really be familiar with. This is this is not for the super intuit patient about their health. This really should be for the rank and file adult that is getting up and going to work every day. Yeah, no, that's a great question. You know, the things that kind of I try to bring to the attention of my my tribe, so to speak. You know, one is is the is your waist circumference in inches less than half. Of, of your height in inches. You know, if you're 72 inches, is your waist size less than 36 inches, for example, is one. You know, is the blood pressure 
less than 130 over 80, you know, is your inflammation marker like the CRP right. the lowest quartile? You know, is your triglyceride to HDL ratio less than 2 to 1? Uh, is your fasting glucose, you know, maybe less than 100? So I try to give those markers to people and say, listen, these are key vital signs, and you need to track them just as much as you track, you know, your quarterly financial statements. So true. So true. Now, the the root cause of so much of this is obesity. Now, in in where you're at, the demographics of your patients and their families, do you see people eating out or, you know, that that is take-in or drive-through or uh, Uber Eats uh, on a high frequency? Because my sense here in Texas and a lot of the South, the eating out, I think, is one of the biggest hazards to people's health. What What's happening in that Northern Virginia, Maryland, Metro D.C. area? You know, I think it's mimicking, you know, your, uh, your neck of the woods as well, you know, with the caveat of, of B.C. before COVID. Right. right. I think things that may have changed a little bit for the better now, um, but for sure. I mean, you know, we have these, you know, people who have white-collar jobs for the most part, you know, the intellectual elite who are, you know, busy driving an hour each way, uh, and well, they just do drive-by, drive-by pickups of food. Right, right. Uh, someone said once that I think in the early 1900s, only 2% of the meals were eaten outside of the home. Right. I think now it's at least half, if not more. Right. So I'm seeing exactly what you're seeing. Yeah, it really, it really is amazing. Sam, we're going to take one final break and finish the conversation talking about chronic disease. We're going to bring up the Mediterranean diet and our Mediterranean roots. Very interesting. Dr. Joe Galati, don't forget drjoegalati.com. Stay tuned. Final segment coming up. Glad you're here tonight. We'll be back in a minute. Rocking out this final segment on a lovely Sunday evening. Dr. Joe Galati, every Sunday between 7 and 8 p.m. Trying to raise your health IQ. That is what we have been doing since 2003. And back on the line with us is Dr. Sam Pappas. PappasHealth.com is the website to go to for more information about Dr. Pappas. And uh, how is your family doing, Sam? Uh, cooped up, uh, homeschooling, and all kinds of things like that, I would assume. You know, thankfully we're doing well. You know, I have the advantage of uh, being married to a former ICU nurse, so she really has things clean and decontaminated. R- running it like the military, I'm sure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Now, one thing that I was, I was looking over everything we were talking about today, uh, and, you know, one thing I, I don't think we fully emphasized is why are these chronic diseases bad? Not only if you get COVID, but if if you have any, if you have heart disease, diabetes, and some renal insufficiency, and you get into a car accident, you have a heart attack, or any other stress to your system, you're just not going to do well. And COVID is, is what has gotten our attention now. But what is it about having these problems that really sort of cook your goose if you get sick? 
Well, you know, I, I think it, uh, someone said once that, you know, inflammation leads to inflammaging. And yeah. I look at all of these things all together. Um, I like to use the term that someone said, the four horsemen of aging, which includes glucose control and inflammation and chronic stress and that term, the free radical. But, you know, all these really big aging problems are all encompassed in these diseases that we're talking about. Yeah, I, I, I mean, if you have these problems and you have glucose out of control, lots of inflammation going on, be it in your heart, your lungs, your liver, your digestive tract, you, you just do not bounce back. That is the key. You take a person, whether they're young, middle-aged, or older, and they are free of these problems. Not that it's a guarantee that if you have a, a, a bad trauma or a, a major uh, surgery that it's a guaranteed, but you're, you're going to have to bet on that person, the one without the inflammation, without the insulin resistance, they are statistically going to do better. Exactly, exactly. No, I, it's, like you said, know those numbers. Yeah, it really is. Now, our um, original coming together was through the Mediterranean diet and our Mediterranean roots. And as, as we both have said and others have said, we were doing that before the book came out, right? <laughs> and, and so explain to everybody, if they're not sure, what is this Mediterranean diet or even a Mediterranean way of life with regard to food and wellness? Well, it's one of the things that really kind of attracted me to your body of work, Joe, was that, you know, you both share that same cultural heritage and outlook, you know, the same, the same sail of our ship, so to speak. Yeah, I always say that, you know, these cultures focused on the wisdom of the culture over the prestige of science, you know, the right. wisdom of the village. And geographically, we can look at the Mediterranean with the olives uh, around there. But I think they shared certain similarities. I like to say the Greco-Roman approach, uh, strong in the physics and metaphysics of life, the physics being the physical strength and the metaphysics, you know, mind, body, spirit, um, where they looked at what we ate, who we ate with, joy, meaning, all, all together, you know, being outdoors, the sun, things that we're hearing about now that's good for COVID. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you you have to look back and say the, and, 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 and again, from time to time, I get accused of, of being not, not old-fashioned, but basically, come on, get, get with modern life in 2020. We don't eat as a family. We don't eat together. Nobody cooks at home. It is Uber Eats and, and just get real. Where I push back is, yeah, until you're getting cancer and heart disease and you're on dialysis. It's not a pretty picture. But the, the root of all this was and is cooking at home, cooking together, eating as a family, communicating, and those things from eons ago still apply today. That is where I'm pretty stubborn on that, and I'm sure you are to a certain extent as well. Absolutely. You know, when I talk to patients, I, I, I say, of course, everything started with the Greeks, but the Greek word for diet is dieta, which means more than just eating. It's a way of life. It's a habit. It's a way of eating, and it's also who you eat with. Yeah. Now, at, at work uh, with, with your, your practice, um, and in the years that you've been practicing, can you really comment on a, a, a good trend or a bad trend in what you're seeing with 
your patients. Uh, they're getting some of these diseases earlier. That is what we are uh, reporting, and a a certain attitude about wellness. Do you do you are you encouraged that we're going in the right way, the wrong way, or it is emphasis for for someone like you to continue to be motivated to take care of these patients? You know, I think it's a mixed picture. On one hand, um, it's frustrating as I try to share with patients that health is not the absence of an illness. You know, you want vitality. You want to be the best version of yourself. Uh, And that growing trend of the waistline increasing and the diseases increasing. But I'm also seeing, you know, these pockets of resistance, you know, these citizen scientists, you know, the N of one, who are engaging and, and wanting to do better are not depending on the professor necessarily, but are looking to you and I, you know, listening to your radio show and reading sure. your book and listening yeah. to what I'm talking about. So I, I think there's a, a lot of opportunity and, and, you know, cautious, you know, optimism that many people are really getting this, but it's kind of like an aircraft carrier, really slow to move, unfortunately. Right. And, you know, I, I have faith in people that if you, you, you mentioned the word tribe, uh, these communities of people where it, it really does become contagious in a sense that they see what others are doing. Uh, it's not all that uncool to cook at home. Just, just a, a case in point this today, uh, my son is visiting from out of town. Some of his uh, high school and college friends came over and they had interest in making homemade tomato sauce and how wow. to make pizza. And so I had everything set up, showed them how to do it, and they were ecstatic to realize that in 20 minutes they could cut the garlic and the olive oil and get the tomatoes and smash them up. And we have to not give up, Dr. Pappas. That is the key. We have to stay on the front line. It's a great point. The future is bright. No, it, it, it really is. So I will give you the last word, 30 to 45 seconds here, on chronic disease, where we're heading, and the take-home message for tonight. Well, I tell patients, you know, that genetics may be our tendency, but not our destiny. You know, we have control. We can turn on and off our expression of these bad genes. And if we follow some ancient principles, like healthy eating, rigorous exercise and movement, contemplating the cosmos, ethical living, living simply, we can really attain optimal function and health. It is within our grasp. I don't think anybody listening tonight should think that they are too far gone that, you know, this is beyond them. Well, Dr. Sam Pappas, thank you very much. It's always a pleasure chatting with you. We have to definitely do this again. I would love to. It's my honor, Dr. Joe. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Stay well now. Take care. All right. All right, Dr. Sam Pappas. For more information, pappashealth.com. Pappashealth.com. He's up in the Vienna, Virginia area. Beautiful part of the country. So we are going to wrap it up here. Don't forget, drjoegalati.com. Information about our practice, our offerings, the program, all of our social media information is there. drjoegalati.com. Sort of the one portal. And I want to thank everybody for coming on tonight, for listening. And final message, as as Dr. Pappas had had reiterated at the end there, you can do this. You can take the interest and not have these chronic medical conditions become a calamity, which only adds to, 
unnecessary misery later on. All right, that's it. Josh, take it away. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. We will see you next Sunday evening at 7 o'clock. Have a great week. Thanks for listening today to our podcast. Don't forget, for more information, check out drjoegalati.com. Information about my book, Eating Yourself Sick, is available there, as well as our clinical practice, radio program, and social media links. We need you to be part of our tribe and community. Until we meet again, I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Ciao.